Wow, that's a good, good special number tonight. Amen? Amen. Wow. I'm really blessed just to see what's going on here. I'm already fired up. I've been in churches all over the country, the largest, the smallest church in your country. But tell you what, this is a new Testament Baptist church right here. Every time you visit churches around, they say, Oh, our people in America are hard. I mean, right now, it's hard. What are you talking about? You have a good time here. People came up to me and they said, How in the world your name is No-No? And they said, How about your wife's name? I said, Miss, yes, yes. I'm born and raised as a Catholic boy. Grew up in a Catholic family. Went to a Catholic school almost every day. I'm in a Catholic church. At the age of 12, I heard the gospel for the first time. When God saved my soul, I tell you what, my life never been before. I didn't realize that God called me too in the ministry. And I went to Bible college founded by an American missionary, Bob Beus. Founded a great church in Cebu City, the largest church in the Philippines. And worked under his leadership. And long behold, God called me to start a church in one of the major islands in the country. Five million people. And I started the work. In one of the cities, 70,000 people, listen, no Baptist church. Driving from gospel light this way, my wife telling me, my soul left and right are Baptists around here. <laughs> but I started to work from scratch and zero ground. Long behold, to make a long story short, we're running about 900 people now. Amen. We planted about 20 churches. I am the only one doing the big tent ministry in the Philippines that every year I put that up and bring 3,500 people every night. And this is Catholic people. Back to back tent meeting. And God's been using that for 27 years. And that's how we planted churches. And by God's grace, we are on the process of building a building that would set 1,200 people. Pray for us. The secret reason I'm here tonight, I've been in missionary over 30 years. My home church is in Jackson, Michigan. Fellowship Baptist Church. I am with Word for the Word Baptist Mission. Reason why I'm coming back this way, because for a long time in the mission field, many churches close their door and just drop us on support. When they change pastor, they just drop us on support. I started the ministry by faith, and I will continue by faith. So I'm urging churches to join us on board. Because our people, especially the young generation in the Philippines, 
are so hungry to learn and heard the gospel. So please pray for us. Maybe I will invite you, Pastor Ray, to come and preach in my tent meeting 3,500 Catholic people. And I challenge you, church, join us on that big, new, brand new ministry in the Philippines that's so mightily used by God to evangelize the Catholic people. Many years ago, when you invite Catholic, they would say, no, I'm Catholic, I'm Catholic, I'm Catholic. But when you invite them and said, hey, I have a big tent meeting with American singers and American preachers, they say, oh, we want to come, we would like to come and see Americans. They have no idea they'll be hearing the gospel. Amen? <laughs> so thank you, Pastor, for allowing me. And I'm presenting to you tonight an opportunity. I'll be investing your resources and your hours in praying for us if you join us on board in your account in heaven as your missionary. So I'm here tonight appealing before you. I hope your church will consider us on support as your missionaries because it's harvest time in the Philippines. So thank you, thank you so much. I like this church. Sometimes when I stand in the pulpit, just like I'm scared to death because sometimes when you preach the pure word of God, just like you're preaching on the wall. But I feel right now that I can preach the word of God as it is to the people as they are. That's the kind of church you are. Amen. That's a New Testament church. That would be a dynamic church. And that's the only church that would make an impact to the community. That's why you're bringing an impact. Because you got the spirit inside in your church. The book of Acts. I have to close by 8 o'clock. <laughs> in the Philippines I preached two hours. I recognize that I am in America. So I have to quit. Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, you know what? I praise God because people are confused and wondering how I can build a dynamic New Testament church. And they said right now, many mindset of pastors and Christians in your country, they said it's impossible right now to build a strong and, and big church. He listened to me. He is the same God that built the church in the New Testament. I mean, when Jesus Christ came, he came not just the Savior of the world, he came and founded a church. And before he went up to heaven, his, he, he, he told the 12 apostles, he said, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything after you receive the Holy Ghost. And when they got the Holy Ghost in chapter 2, just by one preaching, 3,000 souls got saved. In chapter 4, they got 5,000 souls got saved. In chapter 6, chapter 7, multitudes and multitudes got saved. You know what's the problem? They, they, they forget that the only thing that can get the job done is the work of the Holy Ghost. That's why the book of Acts is called an Acts. Works of the Holy Ghost in the lives of the believers. 
That's the secret right there. So the same book and the same pattern, the same practical principles that we need to pattern our ministry for us to say that God is at work. Because when you do your own way, God has no part. When you follow the prescription of God that sit in the book of Acts, I'm telling you, God will get the job done. Amen. Now Acts chapter 11. That is the first 10 chapters of Acts. The book of the church of Jerusalem did a good job. They evangelized house to house. Baptized converts thousands of multitudes. Another church here is an example. A Gentile church. Chapter 11 and verse 19. For the sake of the time, verse 19. Now they, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch. Look at that. Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Verse 20, And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, speak unto grace. And look at that. Preaching the Lord Jesus. Are you with me? Verse 19. They had the persecution. But wherever they go, they preach Jesus. It's still so fresh right there. They saw it with their eyes how they slaughtered Stephen. But yet, listen, they never quit. Preaching Jesus. And because of that, look in next verse. In verse 21, look at that. And the hand of the Lord was with them. That's one thing I need in my ministry. I need the hand of the Lord. Folks, you need the hand of the Lord. That's what we need in our family. We need the hand of the Lord. That's what we need in our leadership. We need the hand of the Lord. That's what we need in our ministry, in our churches. We need the hand of the Lord. Let us pray tonight. Father, I pray. Please help me here. Thank you, God, for the privilege and opportunity to share my heart, my burden, and the word of God to these dear people here. Bless me, God. Use me, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This church is a dynamic church at Antioch. I would say that this is the second capital of Christianity. The first one was started in Jerusalem. Amen. And that's what had happened here. Now, preacher, what kind of church is this? Not only a missionary church, but first of all, I want you to see this. In verse 19, the Bible says, Now, when they were scattered abroad upon persecution, persecution, listen to me, that church was a missionary and a powerful church because it was a spiritual church. I mean, the church was born out of persecution. Think about this. American spoiled brought Christians. What's going to happen if somebody outside in your parking lot would stand right there and say, if you get into the church, we will kill you and slaughter you. 
I'm wondering if we're still coming to church. You know why you come to church? Because you're so comfortable. And some of you drive a nice car, sit in a nice home, still late coming to Sunday school. God bless you beyond me, sure. You have no idea how we, Christians in a third world country, suffer the poverty just continue to preach the word of God. I like this church here because it takes their life to stand for God. I would see that this church is a spiritual church because it was born out of persecution. You have to shed your blood. I'm wondering, ask yourself tonight, if that is the case in your country, question, would you still come to church? We have people in my city walk two, three hours just to attend church. Our people back home work under the sun and make four, five dollars a day. But still they return their 10%. Hello. What's your problem here? Everybody comfortable here? What's your problem? You drive a nice car. God bless you beyond me, sure. How in the world you still touch that 10% that belongs to God? You're not supposed to touch that 10%. It belongs to God. He owns our life. And these people here, the first century Christianity here, is a great example for us to follow. Sometimes we convince ourselves that we serve the Lord, we love the Lord, but we love and serve the Lord out of comfort. Hello, amen? Oh, God help us. Dear Holy Ghost, please come down and convict us tonight. We, we serve the Lord out of convenience. Since the time I started my ministry, I told the church that since we believe in prayer and only God would answer our prayers, we start from scratch and nothing. The first very week of starting that mission work, I told the church we'll start our prayer meeting by 4 o'clock in the morning every Saturday. And many of our people do not have the vehicle. They walk up 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, some are even 2 o'clock just to attend prayer meeting. Preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a powerful church. A spiritual church. That is old-fashioned Christianity. And that's the only thing and only Christianity in the world that can bring life in the community. If you will, if you are not willing 
to pay the price as a true Christian pattern in the book of Acts, the people outside will laugh at you. Because you are fake and phony. Hello. Amen. But this kind of Christianity here is encouragement to us to get deeper of our commitment to God. It is a blessing to us and encouragement to get serious of our service to God. Be honest with you. I've been around different churches and many Christians. Oh, it offended my soul to see many Christians and churches around in your country that just playing church. Playing church. God help us. You're talking about revival. You've got to pay the price to experience revival. Amen. And that's the price right there. Believers scattered because of persecution. Stephen's martyrdom still so fresh in their minds. Praise God regardless of that. Regardless what's going on. Praise God. Listen to me now. Evangelism, soul winning is still going. Verse 21. Verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. So winning is alive in the church. And because the church is spiritual, and because soul winning is alive in the church, look in verse 22. Look in verse 22. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. Praise God. The mother church of Jerusalem heard what's going on. The church of Jerusalem heard that they got the hand of the Lord and many got converted. And these converted believers are so hungry and thirsty to learn the word of God. Oh, what a good testimony and reputation. That other churches are encouraged because these people were serious of their Christian life. That's what happened right there. That's what happened right there. Spiritual in its reputation, good news reached Jerusalem. Because of that, my friend, the church decided in verse 22, in verse 22, next phrase, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far off and Antioch. And the church of Jerusalem, they said, My, as we pray and encourage of what God is doing in, our, in, our, in that church, or church, we've got to pray and ask the Lord, the perfect will of the Lord. And finally, the church decided to send Barnabas to help and teach and disciple the new converts in Antioch. Next verse, verse 23, when they found out, when, when Barnabas came, what happened to the church in verse 23? Oh, when he came, had seen the grace of God and was glad. <laughs> Woo! Amen? Wow! Barnabas heard about what's going on, but when he came, 
Amazing, my goodness. <laughs> they got the Holy Ghost here. My goodness, they got the grace of God here. My goodness, it's just this words, not just reputation, but it's a real one. It's a real thing. Oh, I'm telling you, the, that's one thing that excites me in serving the Lord. Once you allow God to work in your life and work in your ministry, it's exciting that, that and it's obvious that people will see it. That's what happened right there. Then he started his teaching ministry and exhorted him all that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. What a spiritual Sunday school teacher. He has no other motive in his calling. He does not want people to recognize him as big shot. His only concern is to teach the word of God that this new convert, my friend, would learn to cleave. And to the Lord. You know why he has to teach that? You know why during that time the believers need to learn how to cleave unto the Lord? I'm telling you when you are not, if you are fake Christian, if you are not serious Christian, if you are not genuine Christian, when somebody will come and get your life, you are going to run away and it's easy for you to say, no, 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 I'm not a Baptist, I'm not a Christian. But when you learn to cleave unto the Lord, regardless what, you will stand for God. He stood for God. He teaches the people to, to cleave unto the Lord. Folks, if there is anything that we need to do for Christian life, learn to cleave unto the Lord. It's a great blessing to learn that. It's a super, super help to your Christian life when you learn to cleave unto the Lord. Now, Barnabas could not contain no more. In verse 25, uh, he said, My, the Bible says, verse 25, he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and my people were added unto the Lord. Can I tell you something? If you just glorify the name of Jesus and preach the book, preach and teach the word of God, it's God business that would add in your church. That's what happened right there. And finally, as you can find in these verses there, he could not contend no more. Day and night people are hungry to learn more word of God. And he said, I have no time for these people. They are so hungry. Next verse, verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to sake Paul. <laughs> He said, I have to find my body. I have to find Apostle Paul. My, these people are so hungry. They are so thirsty to learn more the word of God. My, I cannot contend no more. Left and right, they are grabbing my hand to teach me the word of God. Can I tell you something, folks? Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night crowd, listen to me. It's easy for us to come and go inside the church, but my big question is, are you hungry and thirsty of the Word of God? If you're not hungry and thirsty of the Word of God and learn in your private life, 
Listen to me. Can I tell you something? The only thing you got coming to church is religion. Listen. You go to church in mechanical way. You go with emotion. But the drive of your service is no longer the love of God. It's no longer the Spirit of God. Because there is no fire in your soul. There is no feeding inside in your soul that would drive you to do what is right. Folks, you have a quality here. You are super, super Christian in the neighborhood here. But every one of you ask yourself, are you hungry? Are you thirsty of the word of God? That's a big question. I mean, listen to me. What do you mean, preacher? I'm a church. I'm bringing my Bible. You have no idea. I have been a member of the church for a long time. Yes, I know. But that's still possible. That you, open, you only open your Bible at church. And when you go home, you have more time in television. More time in shopping. More time feeding your flesh. And please yours. Worshipping your idols. Back in the Philippines, almost every corner of our community have all kinds of Catholic idols. I understand this is America. This is a Christian country. Can I tell you something? You don't have idols the same way what we got in the Philippines. But you have idols here. Preacher, what is that? Materialism. Sports. Some of you are ashamed when you face God. You spend so much on sports than spending your money to finance the gospel supporting missionaries. You're guilty of that. How much you spend on sports? And how much money you give on mission? How much money you spend on pets? Come on. Shame on you. You let the world go to hell and spend your money for nothing. For guilty. Hello, everybody comfortable here? I don't know if my pre preacher would allow me to preach again here. But I will not ask an apology though because it's in the book. A long time I decided my life because God called me. I have to preach the word because I love the Lord. I just found out this preacher in my life. Those Christians who really love the Lord are those who love to hear the word. You know what? Can I tell you something? Those who are fake and phony are those who are easily offended of the word. So in the Philippines, the harder I preach, the gooder I get good Christians. <laughs> By the way, I like in my country though, because even how hard I preach, 
because there is no other Baptist around, we, have, we cannot go anywhere. <laughs> Here, sometimes in America, you try to be good and politician and be nice as a preacher so that you would stay. Hey, you are fake. If you are a true Christian, you need to hear the pure word of God. It would help you big time. Because it's only the word of God that will build your faith. It's only the word of God that will give you fire. It's only the word of God that will sustain your passion for the souls of men. I have to quit now, preacher. That's only one point. You have to ask me next time for my second point. <laughs> but I love you. Because you are such a wonderful Christian to preach to. I was one time in West Virginia. I was preaching. Tell you what, no one shake my hand. We take off from the property. Even the pastor never shake my hand. Believe me, they never even giving me love gift. And I said, Lord, what am I doing here? What am I doing here, Lord? I know I was in the Spirit of God. It's your word that I just preach. Honestly, for a while, I got discouraged. I take off from the property. I drove seven hours. You never given me love gift. That Sunday morning, between Sunday morning and Sunday night, I never took any food because I was so weak and so discouraged. And the Holy Ghost, some kind like I said, remember your favorite verse, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Yes, Lord, amen. But where are you going to get the money to put gas in that car? <laughs> How I can pay you know my lands. They were you live a restaurant. They will ask me, no, this is your bill. Can I tell them by faith? Oh, so this carriage, my wife is listening there. He said, Hey, did you just live by faith? You you live now what you preach. Huh. My wife preached to me. <laughs> Very good preacher. And I told the Lord, Lord, just relieve me here. I have no motive whatsoever just to preach the word. That Sunday night, I was with the Church of the Open Door, Brother Smith Church. I preached there. After I preached, went to the back of the church. One guy hugged me, cried me hard. She brother, how no, can spoke to me. He cried to the Lord. He handed me a check of $5,000. Hallelujah. <laughs> the just live by faith still work Amen. when you preach the word of God. Amen. Church, that's the kind of church God wants you to be. I am not saying you pray for persecution. You're so blessed in America. Take advantage of your blessings and use it for the Lord. Amen. Take advantage. Take advantage. God bless you. Be a mission.
Think about that. So I hope stay as a New Testament church. If we go on in that chapter, that church not only spiritual, but as well as serving church and sending church. Because, because of that church, we got the gospel. That is the first Gentile church. The first missionary that come out and evangelized the Gentile world that went to Europe and America and in the Philippines. Now we got a missionary out from our church that went to Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand because of the church that listened to the Holy Ghost. That's a kind of church. Stay in the right track if you want the hands of the Lord. And I'm blessed of what you're doing here. We just had DVBs over 800 kids. We just had youth camp, 1,200 people, young people in our camp. We baptized 120. We just had tent meeting. The son-in-law brother Tony Hudson came. And preached for me for that long week over 5,000 souls saved. For long week, tent meeting. Listen, church, that's a kind of church that God wants you to be. I'll be praying for you. Let's pray.